It's the Daily Talk Show, and it is Georgie Boy's Highlights Day 2. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed yesterday's show. If you haven't listened, we don't really need to go back. You can if you want. Start on this one if you want. It doesn't make much of a difference. But basically, I'm putting together my highlights of the last 700 episodes, and this is the second day of that. Uh, The boys are probably still sleeping because... We have finished our 24-hour stream, and actually, to be honest, it's Thursday right now, the night before. We're flat out. It's six o'clock here. We're not going to do the show for another hour and a half, and I'm already exhausted, and we haven't even started the 24-hour thing, so let's see how we go. But um, I think to kick this one off, this is episode 579. It's a live show, which is awesome. It's a bushfire relief fundraiser. And it's with special guest Ryan Shelton, who you know I love. And I can honestly say this conversation like changed my life. <laughs> Sounds extreme, but it, it, it was so good to hear someone talking about this sort of thing and, uh, and applying it to my own life. And bringing hard conversations forward has kind of been the motto of my year since hearing this conversation in January. So, I hope you enjoy this one. This is Ryan Shelton live at the Bushfire Fundraiser, Bushfire Relief Fundraiser, and it's episode 579. What about like bringing hard conversations forward? I guess that's an example with Hamish where it was the podcast, your podcast that actually Mm. prompted you to sit down and say, hey, I've actually been feeling this way. Yeah. Do you think we need to be having tougher conversations sooner in life? Yeah, well, I, I think so, and it's it's sort of easy for me to say now in a way because I've I've sort of I've had one, but uh, I can say, I can say from the experience I've had of of talk, and I, I won't go into it too much. A lot of people here are going listen what the to the podcast. Did you say that? <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, it, it it was essentially just like a a, a, sh- a thing that I was feeling in my life where I felt like I wasn't good enough to do the thing that I wanted to do, and I tracked it back to. Um, the early days of when we were starting out, and, we, and I, you know, Hamish and I were like best mates, still are, but since high school, since we were like 15. And, and you know, you start off at the same place as someone and then one person sort of like, you both going the same and same and then one person just gets a bit higher and then you can't help but compare yourself. And mm. we're all, you know, it's a bit of an issue at the moment, obviously, the comparing ourselves to well, each comparing other. Comparing people that are higher than you? I mean, yeah, exactly. the, yeah, well, the, the highest guy in the room. Except <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now he just well, makes I'm sure... I'm comparing he... myself to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it just sort of... The, the, the ability to have the conversation, like you said, like I wouldn't have had the conversation mm. with him uh, that I was... Uh, so I, I will go into it. So <laughs> <laughs> Because it's annoying otherwise. Um, so, so have I been annoying? Is this a little bit annoying for you? No. No, it sounds like it's but, a bit but annoying. Think, but but it's spend the next week thinking about dream. it. Okay, no, yeah. great. No, I, it was more. It was more because I like I thought it was a good opportunity for people to listen to the podcast. But I'm Ooh. happy that you're going into it now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so essentially, I had this feeling like that, that I wasn't that I wasn't good enough, and I wasn't. Um, it's not that I didn't think I could achieve things. I thought I could do things, but I, I never felt like I was. I just had this feeling, this fraudulent feeling or this insecure thing that I was like, well, I can't do the things that many other people are doing. And I tracked it back to this thing of like, well, it's probably because, um, 
you know, Hamish and I were at the same level and then he, he rose up and did incredible things. Mm. And because then I, my reaction to that was like, I want that. Or I, I wish I was doing that. And, oh, shit, why isn't, he, why isn't he bringing me along for the ride? Like, why isn't he giving me the, the, the same things that he's been given? I saw that as really unfair. And then, I, and then because of that, for years, I wasn't able to, um, I wasn't able to uh, like, celebrate the great things he was doing. I wasn't able to, like, be there as his best mate and be happy for him when he had the, the biggest podcast in Australian history. And he, all these, I mean, we all know what he's done, but... And I was sort of off to the side and I couldn't even listen to his radio show, their radio show and I couldn't, I, I couldn't um, be that great mate that I would want if I was experiencing that. Because having that much success and fame, of course, it's, it's, it's great and a lot of good things come with it. But of course, you want your close people with you to be able to support you through what is a pretty strange experience. And I wasn't able to be there for him in that time because I was resentful. And so I had this realization recently, and and spoke to him about it, and 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 it was it was pretty incredible because you might think that he'd be like shocked, but he 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 felt it like the whole mm. time he was feeling that same thing. He was probably a bit confused as to why why I wasn't like getting excited about all the funny things he was mm. doing, and to be able to talk to him, and not that we our friendship suffered or anything like that but there was definitely this weird block there this weird little thing that was unresolved and never spoken about and to be able to speak about it meant that all those years of of confusion and that weird block was kind of just 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 vanished sort of Mm. because we both understood and then he then said some some things to me that like issues that he had with the way that which i I won't go into now but like it, it meant it opened up a whole conversation that meant that we could have this this chat about all the stuff that we haven't said and now we were already like you know, we were already really good friends and now I just feel like it's just mm. easier mm. Well, I mean ca- catalysts for these co- kind of conversations they're hard and so you could I mean if you built the muscle of saying I'll have the hard conversation I'll bring it forward I mean it takes time and it's only human to keep these things inside but w- without getting into details as I say what it, what was it internally for you that shifted? Not necessarily, you know, the day that you decided to have a conversation like that. But what is it inside that actually makes you action something that is going to be a really hard thing in life? What what made me do it? Yeah. What what is the why do you why if you're da- if you're getting a bit meta about why you decided to do it now? Was it just the podcast? It was just the podcast. In my case, it was it was the podcast, and it's a it's it's a it's a shame. It's pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. It's a shame that it took that, but but I can relate. Like I think that we talk about more shit on our podcast than we do to our family and friends. But I will say though that I reckon the fact that I'm doing this podcast, which is so out of my comfort zone and so different than anything I've ever done before. I think there was something there was something bigger probably that that pushed me towards wanting mm. to do that, and this has just been one of the results of that. So, I I, ho- I think I'm lear- I'm learning a hell of a lot about it. like mm-hmm. I'm absolutely not the expert in mental health at all. And so you've got a co-host Hugh, so and Hugh, it's part of the Resilience Project. Yeah, so Hugh van Kylenberg is the founder of of the Resilience Project, and he's this incredible guy, and he does these talks around the country, and he's been doing it for years, and just helps 
thousands and thousands of people and I met him randomly and we became friends and, and now we do this podcast mm. together. So he's the, he's the expert giving all the... So don't worry, you're not going to tune in and like I'm giving lessons on mental health. <laughs> uh, but he, yeah. he is. And it, Start it is a podcast. So, <laughs> it, it's, but it's so, it's so helpful. Like I learn a hell of a lot from him and, and I know a lot of the people that listen learn a lot as well. And it, he, is, he, does, he is able to deliver uh, lessons and, and mm. talk about things in a way that's quite accessible and, and not as dry as maybe mm. sometimes it, it feels. Can we all agree that it's very annoying that the hard things in life are the things that actually help us progress. Like, it, yeah. it is really... I think last year mm. for me, I spent... I, I really sort of learned that, that doing the shit that's uncomfortable is where you find the growth, which it sounds so cliche and it had for so long, but it's, like, really embodying that yeah. is super helpful. So it's like, if that's the hack, which isn't even a hack because it's this painful thing that you have to put yourself through, like a conversation with you or a podcast every day with this guy. You know, there's a mm. bunch of stuff, mate. It's all good. <laughs> Great socks. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Thank good. you. I don't actually know what these socks are. They're just stars They're on good. them. good. There's all good socks except and, for mine today. And so what You don't it? have to have an expl- explanation for every pair of socks. Well, no, actually, are these, I got these for my brother's wedding. He was, it was gifted yeah. to me. But the... Um, <laughs> I know you said not to give an explanation. But uh, <laughs> the, the feeling... What, like, to live vicariously through you... So instead of us having the hard conversation, can you just tell us how good it felt? What was the? Was it all a good feeling? Walk it, walking away. Yeah, it was. Well, it was a relief. It's that feeling. It's a bit of a burden off. A bit of a weight off your shoulders. Mm. Um, What's the setting? What do you? When do you? I try and work out how do you yeah. have these conversations. It was a, we, Voodamond. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a, we went. We went out for dinner and uh, and yeah. I just sort of <laughs> Voodamond. <laughs> not at Voodamond. Okay, Nando's. Yeah, not at Nando's. Nando's. What sort of what what basting do you like? It was what's what <laughs> basting. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm the, what's the medium one? It's medium, yeah. It's medium. Yeah, medium. Yeah. 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 Or is it mild? I think it's very confusing. They have sauces and bastings and they call them medium for one and mild the other, which oh. they should just... What do you mean? They don't, I thought they they don't, the they're not consistent in that. <laughs> Let's get them on the line. Yeah, yeah. We, we could. But um, so, so that, that feel... Like, so he the went setting, out for dinner. He went yeah, out for dinner. Yes, you, you go out to dinner. Yeah, yeah, Josh always wants to know, what did you eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah what did you have? have? I can't even remember what and we did ate. you say, you're like, hey, I need to have... Like, was it, like, do you no. preface it? Oh, you, before the dinner? Yeah. No, I, it was just like a normal dinner and then just, uh, again, the wind-up, aren't yeah, we? We can, yeah, we've got two minutes, we've got two minutes. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, yeah, I just sort of brought it up at dinner and just, mm. yeah, it was, it's an awkward conversation, but, but at the so same time... So you sound like, so, but the, I've well, been thinking. <laughs> do you want me to... <laughs> I didn't have a script, but it was, it was just, I just sort of said, hey, so blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm not going to uh, do it, but... <laughs> But it's so recorded. It's actually a podcast, so but, you can listen but, to it. No, so. no, it wasn't actually a podcast. He just no, talks about it in the podcast. So, <laughs> no, I thought they would have got. We just finish on this. Yep. So you sit down. Yep. But you, you don't know that you're having a serious conversation. Or I know, you know. I know. I know. <laughs> but Hamish doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. But that sometimes happens you think when someone dessert? brings up a conversation and the other person's not coming. Like you don't yeah. have to. Pr- you know, like sometimes that happens. But the transition, the transitional point of like, oh yeah, I'll have this and that. It's like, hey, so I was thinking yeah. about like for the last 15 years, I've been feeling <laughs> like a little bit resentful. It didn't, I didn't, that probably would have been, that's like the clickbait version. 
but I was a bit subtler than that. Yeah. 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 Entree first and then yeah. Then hit him with the good shit. Oh, it's interesting. Well, Foodamon's eight course. Yeah. Well, it'd be good to, I mean, having those conversations is important, right? No, so if someone needs to have a hard conversation in the next two days, they're inspired by your conversation. The, the story you tell leading up to it heightens, obviously, the feeling that you have inside about how it's going to play out. What's some comfort for somebody or is there nothing? Well, no. It's just I, uncomfortable. I, I, the, the, what I did, what I did uh, honestly think afterwards and after we... Because, of course, it's hard starting. Once you're into it, it's, mm. it's, it's easier. And once you finish it, it's even obviously easier again. And it depends what it is, obviously. But... Um, it's kind of hard to give a sweeping statement because everyone's different. But in my situation, it wasn't as big of a deal as mm-hmm. you, as I built it up to be. I think that's the that that problem when you kind of think something over and over and you analyse it over and over, even if it's just over a day. But when it happens over fifteen years, you think, oh. And I, th- but the thing is, like, I wasn't even thinking about it for fifteen years. I was just yeah. only thinking about it for mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. Because I didn't have the realization till then. So, but then the the comfort people can have is it's probably not going to be as big of a shock to the other person as you think it's going to be. This next little bit is from episode 62 and they have a conversation about only doing the podcast for a short amount of time. Clearly, they've kept going every day, but it's interesting to see them at the start of their journey talking about how long they should do this thing for. Also, they talk about their screen time and this was only, you know, a couple of years ago and their screen time compared to now is so much less if you've heard any of the later episodes, they're doing, you know, on their on Instagram for like four or five hours a day, even longer. Josh, I think, was up to like 10 hours one day. But um, so it's interesting to hear them talking about how much time they're spending on their phone. Back then, they thought it was too much. I wonder what they think right now. So here we go. Episode 62. You know, to be honest, I'd be happy for us to get to 100 episodes of this podcast yeah. and fucking call it a day. Yeah. Seriously, like hundred of anything. Yeah. You know how much a hundred times by thirty minutes is three thousand minutes of talking. Where we've come in in three thousand minutes of talking is exceptional. Yeah. And, and and then it's working out like the next iteration, right? Because yeah. then it means that it's like you've oiled up whatever it is to do the next thing. Mm. I do wonder, it's almost like the dip which uh, is Seth Godin's theory and book, which is like you get to a point Mm. And so say it's that 100 episodes, maybe that's the dip. Maybe it's when we're like not seeing any growth. Like we've had the same amount of audience for the last 50 episodes, whatever it is. And so we stop. However, the 110th episode is when things fucking go bang. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that that's definitely the, um, you know, when is the last, when is the last Seinfeld it when's the right time to do the last Seinfeld episode when's the last time I remember Lo- when he made his billionth yeah. dollar <laughs> well like Rove Live I remember when Rove was a thing and mm. just being like when that ended it was a big deal yeah Um, and that when Hamish and Andy decided to finish the radio show like all of these things John Farnham decided to leave for the seventh time at you know, his career <laughs> you know like yeah totally it's well a- I think fucking I want to make more videos and I feel like this gets in the way of that, but maybe it doesn't. I reckon I, I've created more videos this year than I did last year. Yeah. And I've also done 62 episodes of a podcast. Yeah. So if, it, if I know the excuse of 
this is getting in the way of videos yeah. is bullshit because I'm more creative in my mind and you know and, and the skills I'm getting from talking yeah. you know on a podcast is a lot and because it's like what would you do if you weren't doing this right the thing is like this is what this is probably eating into right now for me is just lazing time I'll just be lazing yeah. around and so um, and it's the difficulty it is that thing of like it's uh, it's like running because you know I'm a runner now so it's three it's days like, in, three days in, three k's a day. It's um, it's the it's the whole thing where it's like when I'm when I'm running, it's like it's a little bit painful, it's a little bit annoying, but I'm like if I actually it's only twenty minutes of my life, mm. and so why do we think about what you would give? Like if I look at my phone right now, and I look at the last twenty four hours, I can tell you how much time. I have spent uh, on different apps, right? And so, if we if we just look at if we purely look at that, and then it it really should put in perspective some of those other things, right? Like going to my battery. Here we go. Uh, battery usage last twenty four hours. I have spent one point two hours on Instagram. In the last seven days, I've spent. 6.9 hours. So basically an hour every day on the fucking app. I've spent in the last 7 days I've spent over 9 hours on my phone. Oh sorry, on the phone like calling people. So you look at all these things. <laughs> Dude, Instagram for me last 24 hours. Yeah. 24 minutes. That's good. What was yours? An hour and a half? An hour and one point two. <clears throat> My biggest one was email, twenty seven minutes. YouTube, In the last twenty four hours. Yeah. YouTube twenty four minutes. Phone, one point one hours I've spent on the phone. Yeah. Go to your last seven days, everyone. If you just go into the battery section of your iPhone, it tells you all these details under battery use. Four hours in the last seven days on um, Instagram. Fuck. And I've spent seven hours. Wow. I'm really spending double the amount of time. And then YouTube. What, just fucking, what do you got on YouTube? I don't. I hardly use my phone for YouTube. What's the next thing? Uh, the next thing for me is phone at nine hours, and then it goes down to fucking like um, Chrome, which is only one point three hours. One hour on my email, twenty five minutes on Google Maps. You're Facebook, a beast. Facebook gets fucking hardly any time. Really, how much time do you get 1. on Facebook? One point three. 1.3 in the last seven days. Yeah. Mine's 54 minutes. Spending less time on uh, Facebook than you are. Fuck. Facebook can go fuck itself. You get, you get, a, you get an issue. This is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, it's number 413, live from the salon. Mr. 97 is bleaching his hair blonde. It's all happening. We've got multi-camera set up. Rachel Vitulo is doing it, and she is the number one hair colorist in the country. This was all organized, of course, by Queen Gronk, Gemma Watts. And, of course, she had to come along and be in the show. So, you get two eps, Gem. That's pretty good. You've got to be happy with that. Uh, really fun episode. Live from the salon with Rachel Vitulo and Mr. 97 bleaching his hair. Quick check-in with uh, Mr. 97. He's got a mic in his hand. How yeah. are you feeling? You look great. It's good. It just... It just feels like there's a bit of paste on my head. There I had, is. I had a moment where I was like, there is no turning back right oh, now. Oh, I know. I was thinking that just before. <laughs> like, there is no turning back. Well, you can always change it back to his natural colour after. Mm. 
we for another five hundred and forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have to? Uh, I believe uh, my brother, when we were kids, did that, but he had to dye it red before he went to brown or black. Is that a thing? Well, when I was in high school. And I had a lot of friends that went from blonde to brunette. That was essentially the way to go. Mm-hmm. But now with technology of colour, as long as you re-deposit the pigment that was lost when lightning in your colour, if that makes sense. So To me it does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to these I'm a yeah. So, when you, so there's three stages of lightning, mm-hmm. really depending on how dark you are naturally. So in this situation here... The first colour that it, that will appear is red, then mm. it'll go to orange, and then it'll go to yellow. Interesting. And then we counteract that tone once we get it to the lightest level possible. Mm. That's the aim of the game today. So essentially when you're going darker, you have to re-put those pigments back in in order for it to not look green or blue or cac. So cac. that Cac. What's you know, cac? Like that. Carrie Ann Kennelly. <laughs> <laughs> is cac the colour of sort of, yeah. 97's top? Cac. Yeah. Yeah, so you do have to re-put that pigment into your colour mm. when you go back to your natural, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that two-stage process like it used to. Do you always I'm have so to... so glad we're not doing this. Yeah, no. I mean, do yeah, I cannot stress to you enough how good this will yeah, be. <laughs> I mean, and we're also, like, the carpet at the office is going to be fine now because oh, yeah. TJ was, like, Tommy was worried about Like, carpet. if we spilt a little bit on the carpet, that's a full I got up. stressed. I was in Sydney and I... I had no involvement with this. And then I am listening and then, oh, we'll have to get Gemma in. Oh, I think she's in Sydney at the moment. And I'm like, hang on. I didn't put my hand up. <laughs> yeah. We nearly did it in the garage from it with a little... <laughs> so do we, do we have to put toner in this? No matter what, do you always end by putting toner in a, in a scalp lining session? Uh, not necessarily, really You're depending lining? on... What lightning. is it? Lightning. 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 Oh, lightning. Uh, you were getting confused between the other... What was the other one? Yeah. The Look, he's thinking about his folliculitis, so let's be honest. You were not allowed to mention folliculitis. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's brand new. You're allowed I said, to. I'm I just... I said the F word. <laughs> <laughs> I just woke up this morning and my first thought was just... This is a whole morning of folliculitis. Yeah, well, look, it's not about Josh or me today. Yeah. It's about it's Mr. About 97. Me. <laughs> it's about me. It's about Mr. 97, Gemma and Rachel. Yeah. And so um, uh, we, won't, we, we won't talk about the scalp then. <laughs> I did have a scalp-related question. But you no, go do it, it, do it. I mean, do you, Rachel, I know you're not a dermatologist, but have you heard of folliculitis and do you know anything that you can do to help it? No. Okay. Oh, it's, it's sort of like a pimply thing on your... It's like pimples no, on your head. No, it's actually like infection of the scalp surface, dude. So okay. it's, it's not f- a pimple. you got it's a not pimple. not like psoriasis, yeah. but on the scalp specifically. It's, I mean, it's a little bit like that, I guess, but it's, there is some form of element that antibiotics can be helpful. Yeah, which yeah. is antibiotics are for, yeah, for fungi, bacteria, yeah, bacterial yeah, yeah. fungal yeah. infections. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always think... Um, I've got a son, he's two and a half years old. Uh, he goes cool to daycare dad. and I'm a cool dad. I mean, I didn't have to say it because you said it. Yeah, but but I was helping you. It. I did repeat <laughs> it, but it was, I'm glad you said it before me. You're welcome. Um, nits, lice. Oh, no. Like, I, I always think, imagine when you deal with hair, Rach, mm-hmm. how, like, have you seen them before? Yeah. Yeah, and I've had it multiple times. It's yeah, I've worst. had them as an adult. Um, the cleaner oh, the hair. No, there is a bit of bleach on it. I'll uh, uh, turn that around. Do you want to actually yeah. just wipe it off? Yeah, I'll wipe it off. 
Josh. You're just going to keep it on? Unbelievable. Rode microphones. We're so sorry. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone white. Are you sniffing it? I was just um, smelling it to see here. But so you've yes. have you ever had someone come in and you've just looked at their hair and you've gone, oh, doll. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but the hard thing is now Talking we, like as hairdressers in this industry, we actually can't refuse service oh. when a person comes in with head lice. Can't you? Oh, really? No. So, because it's kind of like... Do you have to charge extra at least? and stuff. Really? So, just, yeah. Oh so, what we have to do is still complete the service let the client know that they've got head lice and that it needs to be treated and then we have to... Disinfect. Disinfect everything. Could you... Do you ever say it up front so that they, out of their own sort of options, they actually, you know what... Well, I think a lot of us... Like, you see something wrong like that and you kind of... You feel awkward about bringing it up for them and so you kind of make... It again then goes back to yourself because you're not wanting to feel weird. (laughs) Well, you try to not make it like it's an issue because Mm. it's But it's a fucking issue. It (laughs) is a fucking issue. But uh, because it's not like someone will get sick from it or Mm -hmm. anything like that. So... We just let them know the correct way to treat it. And <gasps> I'm seeing the colour. It's, it's coming out. It's and coming I, out. I don't Glad think you I've ever been see. in an environment with people who are this... I don't want to use the word clueless. But yeah, <laughs> no, but I wasn't expecting like to be able to see... I would expect that we would wash it off and then... Do you actually it. see like just brown coming yeah. off? No, 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 no. How about a brown <laughs> coming off? You think that we're washing the brown out of your hair? <laughs> no. Um, Bro, how about we get an update from Rachel What's right happening? Now. So... When you can see, oh, I don't know, what you guys can probably see, mm. see right off his scalp is slightly lighter than what it is on the very ends. Yeah. So naturally our head releases a lot of heat. So about that much of the root area will always lift further and faster than the hair on the rest of the head, which is why I like to lighten all the way through on shorter hair. So we are getting really good lift, but... I can tell by... Lift is the colour, not yeah, the way Yeah, it's lightening it. up. It's lightening really well. <laughs> I was like, it looks but quite flat. But I can tell this is going to need to process under like a heat machine. Really? Oh. With, a little, with a little prompting, it'll come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rach, uh, are, you, are you single? Yes, I am. For a single woman, uh, you know, probably how much does how much does like t- Tommy's great in the sense of he asks all the questions. Look, I'm a married man with yeah. a su- with a kid. Yeah. It's like I just the feel only like reason he's married with a kid is so he can ask these questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh, if you saw a, a young strapping man that um, had <laughs> this kind of hair, what, what's your thoughts? Um, as in, like the end result he's going to have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. say you nail it. And you yep. see him walking down the street. You're like, is that Adam Levine? No, it's just a, some other guy. But <laughs> is, this, is it appealing? Or is it going to increase his sort of it's a dating ca- capabilities? Yeah, 100%. I think that w- once I've created this amazing colour, it will. as he's walking down the street, a lot of women will be like, oh, he takes pride in the way he looks. You know, he really yeah. tries. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And because Mr. I think that's a brand value that you stand by, 97, which is you do try with yeah. things. <laughs> and so it's just finishing <laughs> off I'm the glad. brand. He'll be the guy, I mean, he's young now, he's 19, but when he's that 35-year-old bloke, he'll be the friend to us that has his shit together. Yeah. And it's just taken We're us a bit longer. We're relying on his superannuation. <laughs> <laughs> this is another really funny episode. It's number 633 with Dave Thornton. And I love these ones, uh, you know, you get a really good insight into what JJ was like. 
back in his early 20s when he was working at the radio station. Um, it's just really funny to listen to. You should listen to the whole episode because at the end, they start calling Josh an alien because he's you know, doesn't he's asking weird questions and stuff. But this is a snippet from the start of the episode, uh, just kind of reminiscing about the radio days. Uh, so this is number 633 with Dave Thornton. Jeez, I love this. Because JJ, Tommy, we unfortunately never worked together in no. commercial radio. We, cr- we cross paths, though, we within paths. the same business. Mm. Yeah, but JJ, because- Similar pay- paychecks, I think, we were on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's yeah, that's the, true. Uh, very similar. Rep- so that's why we had such rapport. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just cigarettes. It was like jail. <laughs> we just got half a packet each, so I said enjoy. But JJ used to be around, and I, I've forgotten about this, that- you have so much knowledge in some areas and mm. absolute none in others. <laughs> yeah. like I, lo- I loved it. Your knowledge is like if it's a roof, there's mm. only a support in one corner. <laughs> the rest of it's very fragile. It's like a tar. It's about to fall over. So I used, enjoy, is- I used to enjoy it so much. The, thing, the blind well, spots in your I knowledge. I used to get in so much trouble because I'd always be in your show meetings, remember? <laughs> but I used to love it. I'd be like, yeah. let him talk. Did you work on their show? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> <laughs> we just be there throwing stuff around. Yeah, and that was because uh, Fifi and Jules just didn't have time for it. It's like I feel like Sam Cav's main job was like performance managing me. And um, so anyway, I would go into um, uh, you were doing uh, – Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia today with Emrishiano and they would oh, just let right, me yeah. go in there. Because when you think women's issues, <laughs> you yeah. look across yeah, the yeah, sky. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was woke before we knew what it was, guys. And you would you would let me in and just like they'd be like, Josh, what do you think? It was fucking great. I think it was because you only had like half a producer or something. Well, no, Zoe Leonard was a great producer, but then like it was just <laughs> that very rude, doesn't it? Half a producer, as in she was only putting half her time. Yeah, no, they into resourced it. only half of her time assigned. Yeah, I get that's it. what I was I saying. Not no. that Zoe's no, half, half a producer. Oh, jeez, you're treading on thin ground here, JJ. <laughs> no, but it was such a strange anomaly that show because I get it. They wanted to get mums listening because mm. it was between three and four of memory. Mm. So there would be mums in the cars picking up the kids. But then they, and they wanted to jump on the back of Mum and Me, the website. But then they had the old school commercial radio thing of like, one girl, one guy, put them together. Mm. Funny guy. I was going to do some stuff. But then you're running off Mum and Me, which is a great website, but it talks some really heavy handed issues. Yeah. So they're like, you know, like that, like talking about, I don't know, like, Sex workers in developing countries and how we could, how young girls are getting groomed. What are we going to talk about? And I'm a comedian. Like Josh has done something funny with keep cups. Like I would look across and go, "Please, can we just not talk about this serious issue That's on fun. commercial radio?" Yeah, like, we had we had a lot of fun. Actually, I remember a specific time where Jules was asking me to do something. I said, "Mate, I, I." Don't have time," he said. "You just spent three hours with Dave Thornton." <laughs> yeah, because we had fun. Yeah, it so was good report. Fun. And yeah. then that show turned into an, uh, the uh, the evening show. Did that turn into another show, or did you move from that show to another show? And no, did Josh come with you? <laughs> I, I wanted him to. I was always impressed. Somehow, like Fifi and Jules would go overseas to London mm. or something, and they're like, "Yeah, Josh is coming with us." I'm like, "How did he hustle that?" <laughs> well, it was hard. I remember it was. Um, I was on a different flight to them, which was weird. Yeah, no, everyone that's not was weird, going. Dude. Everyone was going on one flight, and I was on the other one. And I also brought my. They were like, they didn't have cameras. I'm like, hey guys, I've bought like four GoPros. I'm ready, and so they let me. 
but actually when I was quitting. To be honest, it's not weird. You shouldn't have been on the trip yeah, and yeah. now you've been put on a budget yeah, airline. Yeah, was, like yeah, you, no, you no, got that's great. Was great. And Jules actually used his points to get you on that flight. <laughs> no, he probably did. I can imagine he would though. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, he, he was the extra 20 kilograms of luggage. <laughs> they literally put Josh on there. That's why he got so slim no, they, um, <laughs> to get on the flight. Uh, but when I quit, the, do you remember when I was quitting radio, I was like, I decided on a day and I was like behind the radio station pacing. Yes. And you rocked up in your mini. You were doing like you were going home or whatever and I waved you down. I and you do gave me a, a motivational speech. You were do- I don't reckon though you are way not the first person to be walking that block around <laughs> SCA. There's plenty of people who've walked that block just going, what have I done with my life? Like I don't want to cast aspersions on the people behind us, but, you know, at – at SEA there, they got the two radio stations, they got Fox FM and they got Triple M below them. And then behind it, there is um, uh, Commission Flats, mm-hmm. as you know. So <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say the best performing radio station out of them all, which is Coles Radio underneath. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. They are good. That's well, hilarious. They Coles. play that like, we're right upstairs. Nah, <laughs> we'd prefer to make our own. <laughs> you know, that's like the number one digital radio station in Australia. They're in the Coles. same charts or the same system. A ranking system as well, so FM I've, radio, is that right? No, well, I don't is it, Well, is, there's something going on here. Well, yeah, so I think the um, from a survey point of view, they look at uh, the digital stuff and because Coles, Coles worked out that it was cheaper for them from a licensing perspective to have their own digital radio station mm. than it was to pay the PPCA APRA licenses per store. So they just play their own... Mm. Uh, radio station. But if you have a look, 97, can you see it there? It was always a funny thing. In Shepparton, we'd hear the Coles radio going and my mate and I were like, yeah, it's someone from regional radio is going to – like it was almost a joke that you're going to be on the Coles radio. Mm -hmm. Next minute there was a girl who worked regional radio that was on Coles radio. Oh, she stepped job. up to the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. Well, we thought it was a step down, but yeah. uh, as we know now, it's a step up. You're finding anything there, More reach than Shepparton. That's That's true. Sure. They've gone self-serve on the radio as well. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what was the speech? What did you tell him? Do you remember, no, Dave? I just remember you saying like, mate, yeah, when I was in Nova in Queensland. Did you do Nova in Queensland? In Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah, which is Queensland. Thank you. Yeah, very good. Well, he's he's getting def- more specific, that's all. <laughs> he wanted that to look regional. That looks <laughs> like Cap City. He wanted- yeah, Cap City. No, it also yeah. looked like I was going to the state. No, I wasn't. I just remember you just said... Uh, yeah, mate, I've done this before. You should, yeah, go out, do it. Just, I know you don't have another job. That doesn't matter. And so <laughs> you were the one that pushed me. And so after that conversation, I went upstairs, typed in resignation letter template, filled it out, <laughs> printed it out and gave it to Dave Cameron. And that the day, yeah, that, that day, day, wow. Like half an hour after speaking to Thorno, Bree, I spoke to Bree on the phone. Bree's like, don't do it. Like I'm waiting until I get a job before I do it. And then Thorno just gave me the confidence. And then he was my sponsor child for a year and a half. <laughs> Tommy, that's what Somehow I Somehow he's still on the, in the content meetings <laughs> yeah. with Emma Rusciano. <laughs> i got a great one. Uh, my rent can't get paid. So is that thought I was told or not? Yeah. 13, 10, 60. Yeah. Do you need a keep cup if you can't afford one? Yeah. You know? No, I did say to you because you were at that age. What? I would have been 22. Yeah. That's quit worthy. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you just no, quit you, anything at 22? Is that yes. the idea? That's, yeah. that's, that's exactly what you do. Because well, you just go, well, go see stuff, go do things, go mm-hmm. uh, answer that question. Because otherwise you just, you're still there, mate. You're mm-hmm. still there and somehow you're in marketing 
and your <laughs> and your, it would have been a good redundancy package by now. Like you're if turning up to OBs and you're putting the signs out the sandwich board <laughs> and going, oh, that's all right, that's all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you have no responsibilities, that's the age that yes. you should be able to do it. Mm. That's exactly right. Yeah, it was a good decision, did I you, think. Did you travel when you were young? Yeah. Like 22-year-old? Yep. I'm trying to think. I Because I, I grew up in Geelong. I worked as a graphic designer up here in Thornbury and I used to drive that every day. That's like an hour and a half. Oh, that's, that's a lot of Coles bad. Radio to fill. Thornbury. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, well, so so you went from Geelong to Thornbury. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to work out. Yeah, drove every day. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then just so I could save money, so I could go backpacking. And then I went for two years or something. Oh shit, that's a good stint. Yeah, it was great. To the UK, so much fun. Let me guess. Yeah, yeah, funny. Has anyone done that before? Has anyone? <laughs> no. So how, did, how long did, did you base? Let me guess. You based yourself in the UK, and then flew out to other places, or no? Uh, I based myself in Dublin. Uh, so I mean, close hours, but yes. And then I worked in the Greek islands for like a summer. Good. What times. did you do there? Picked up a lot of diseases, I think. <laughs> was Nick Giannopoulos frequenting Mykonos at that point or did you see him there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's, that's what I used to do. Just I, I had a horn with me that just went da 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 and then doors would open. <laughs> the king of Mykonos, Nick Giannopoulos. <laughs> this next chat is from episode 616. It's a weekend banter and it's with two of our favourite gronks, Peter Shepard and Scooter Derek. Uh, Peter Shepard is a coach. Uh, if you didn't know that, you should really listen to all of his episodes. Um you know, he asks some really interesting questions and gets you thinking about business and creativity and the why in what you do. Uh, and Scooter Derek is a really good friend of the show who helps out a lot. He's got his own podcast business and we pick it up here when they're running through a little bit of a workshop. So this is episode 616 uh, with Peter Shepard and Scooter Derek. When we decided to collab and I hadn't done this, mm. I remember that feeling of ringing ringing him up saying, Danny, I'm really sorry, I just made an arbitrary decision and, and I'm unaccustomed to ever having to talk to anyone about that. Probably why I'm in trouble with my wife a lot of the time because that is a collab, I guess. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> just confirming it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, there was that moment when I realised I just decided to go and, you know, try out some advertising thing and put the money in. Hmm. And he's like, oh, okay, no, don't worry about it. I'll give you half the money. I went, Oh, that's the good side of collabing. Someone else is wearing the the stress and stuff like that. So I learned from that mm. that it is lovely to have someone else who cares mm. involved in something. It's really nice. And so why don't you do more of it? I'm jealous of you too. Well, you, but you can do it. You're, we're collabing right Until now. Until you start bickering and then I Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. But what's it like if you were to do more collab- collabing, what would that look like? Well, I don't know. It's not... It's not my natural thing. So is it not natural because you can't rely on people? I don't know. I, I guess if I look at the idea I've got for, this, say, the Studio 2 mm-hmm. and I go, all right, what do I need off someone else, someone who's keen, who wants to get into it? Is it someone who's going to muck in and build or someone just forks out some cash? Like what do, what do I want out of someone? Yeah, I think what's it like? What's collaborating Are they going to make it three times better? Yeah, what's, what's, so what's it for for you? Why, why are you a collaborator? How does that help? feels good. I just want to do something that is a collab, you know. <laughs> do you I just, just like the word? Sound like he likes like, the word. Josh yeah, told me yeah. a couple yeah. years back because yeah. I've been loving it. Yeah. But I don't know. I just And a Zoom room. Yeah. Zoom room and a collab. Oh, no. Zoom room. No. Yeah. No, so the, I find the collab thing interesting because I, so I get it. Hmm. because it, But it's very hard to collaborate with someone. You need to do a lot of work internally in understanding what you want 
but also like you can't change your idea. I can't, when you're doing it on your own, you can just go from one area to the other. You can like be extremes and just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. When you're collaborating with someone, everything, like the biggest amount of tension I have is the annoyance of like, oh, I need to explain myself, mm-hmm. which I normally don't have to explain myself. Mm-hmm. But that's a good thing to go through. Is that part of it? So if you ask for money, what are people going to ask you? Well, then you, if someone if someone says, "All right, I'll be in that. I've got dough and no talent," mm. then you'd kind of go, well, "Let's leave that to the last minute and see if I can get through." Because you're not going to provide anything except mm-hmm. taking half the the profit, I guess. And then you think, "Well, is half the profit of something that's done properly and invested in properly? It's going to be more. Should be more than double." Mm. You know what I mean? So. It should help. When I had the bar, mm. that was the last time I was in, like the only time I was in a business with someone. I was in business with two other guys and they couldn't get along because they had completely different dreams. So it was a complete disaster. Mm. Maybe that was a – What were the different dreams? Off. Well, one of my business partners was um, – he wanted he wanted the bar to be like St. Jude. He wanted it to be a wine bar. He wanted it to be the kind of bar that he would go to and just be really proud of. But that would have required us all to chuck in 150 grand each, mm. and none of us had any money. So yeah. it was like, so number one, your dream, fuck it off, like, <laughs> save it for another day. But then the other, one, the other business partner, rest his soul, he's gone now. But he was, um, he liked the idea of just having a bar and serving Carlton Draft and being rude to people that wanted a coffee and mm. you know that old school because <laughs> he came from that old vibe. Yeah. And what did you want? Well, I was kind of in the middle. Mm. I wanted personality. I wanted to, you know, to to make the place where everyone was happy. In which case, that favoured the Carlton Draft guy, and but they couldn't get along because it was like, well, we couldn't run this bar without them, without Andrew, right, being manager every day, unpaid or whatever, you know, just as a shareholder, yeah, and turning up every single day because we can't afford to pay anyone. In the end. It kind of worked out like Andrew and I ended up right. Well, let's buy let's buy Dave out, right? He, you know, it's not going to work. He's unhappy, so we bought him out for virtually nothing and released him, and then and then sold the business. I feel like we're getting closer to your definition of success, Scoot. So there's getting a, out of it. <laughs> there's a question that I think JJ answered really well this morning in the workshop that we ran. That I'd be curious for your thoughts on. So I just transferred you ten million dollars. Now you have no excuse around time and money. You're living in a world with no constraints. What are you going to do? Tomorrow or in the next few weeks or? What are you going to do with your time once you buy your holiday house and do all uh, that? Once you've got the material s- stuff. The original spur- what are you going to do with your time? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would. I would probably. It feels like I would run with the same plan. Mm-hmm. That's good. But in a building that I owned. Mm hmm. And obviously, much better. But I don't know if I can own even own a building. Can you make it twenty mil? Sorry. And so there was no mention of collaborators in that version of the future. So I wonder if there's something there around you being attached to this idea of a collaboration when you're not actually clear in that whether that's what you're seeking. It's just because we get to watch Tommy and Josh and go, that looks cool. Yeah. Well, they are, that is, surely that would put me straight into another um, 
mind-bending situation where you go, if someone wanted to collaborate with you mm. after they knew you had $20 million, yeah. right, even though you'd already spent six on a warehouse, <laughs> uh, then you'd start with that kind of gold digger feel and you go, mm. oh, I don't know how my mind would go from there. We'll never know. Yeah. But I, I definitely would – there'd be people around. Mm. This is not – my dream would not be to be in a warehouse tinkering with all my millions and making it perfect. Then I would – I guess it ends up being staffed, doesn't it? Well, yeah, so there's a difference is between – when you've got – Well, this is what we've been talking about, the difference between employees and par- having a partnership. They're very mm. different. Mm. Employees, I can tell 97, hey, I think we should do this. And he can push back a little bit, but at the end of the day, he does what we think we should do. Yeah. Tommy and I, it's like, okay, no, like we bring, we have to sell it into each other. We have Mm. to justify it. And so there's a big difference between Mm. having staff, having people come in and use your space versus having a partner, I think. Do you think that you could, are you seeking a partner or are you seeking uh, that employee team that can execute on a dictatorship <laughs> it just feels like a bit much to to have to at this stage of life to have to be especially if i was rolling with a multi-million dollar business then mm. it would be a bit much to then have to be an expert at accounting an expert at cinematography an expert at audio mm. i you you just have to load people in you have a team. Take, have a team and then learn off them. Mm. Love that, that, that idea, learning off your staff. That's, I think that's I did that back in the, in the 90s. Mm. I had a manufacturing business and I'd learnt all my blacksmithing skills off my staff. Mm. You raise a fair point though. I guess the question is like, can you collaborate with an employee? I, I think you can. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the whole co-creation exactly. thing, right? Like that's yeah. the new... I joke about the dictatorship because it's very much like when we're working with 97, he is giving us the, he's telling us this is how I think we should do it. Yeah. Um, but it is, de- there's definitely a difference in the, the different dynamics. Totally. And what did you find, Scooter, having staff, are you a bit burnt by that? Like, do you think that all these sort of experiences play into where you are now? I reckon the, one of the biggest mistakes you can make is making a vow. I'm vowing never to mm-hmm. do this or mm. never to do that. It's yeah. marriage. Yeah. What did you say? This next episode I want to throw back to is number 512 and it's with Matt Diavella and his wife Nat. Uh, the boys are in LA and they're talking about their experience trying edibles. Um, Matt is obviously a very successful filmmaker and he's been on the show many, many times. Uh, and his conversations about creativity and, and making videos uh, are really awesome and you should listen to those. The reason I picked this one is because it's, it's about the boys leaning into something uh, that is out of their comfort zone and talking about their experiences while travelling overseas. So, this is a funny one. This is uh, 512. We decided that we'll try edibles. So, in California, how long has it been legal for? Uh, beginning of last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, because the thing is, I'm not someone, I've never smoked in my life. I've never done drugs in my life. And so, this it felt like it was safe enough based on sort of the whole med men thing and it's all nice and easy. Do you find that the barrier to entry means that more people are potheads that you wouldn't normally assume? 
It's or just hard tries. because, like, I feel like the pothead stereotype has kind of, like, uh, disintegrated a little yeah. bit just uh-huh. because it's so normalised. Yeah. So, the, I mean, you're right. There's more people, uh, like, experiencing pot. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when they're, like, in cute little gummy bears. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. what? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. like... It's like eating a Haribo. You mean yeah. pretzels, too. Yeah, <laughs> pretzel ones. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I don't think that there's a... Yeah, there's an association with, like, oh, you don't have your life together. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So like when do you? I'll tell you though, like January when it just became legal recreationally yeah. in the in California. The, we, only this year, twenty nineteen. Uh, or, or, so it's twenty eighteen January. January. That's when it. Yes, right? yeah, it was, yeah. It was like a year, a year yeah. like almost two years ago. Any basically. gronk can have it. Yeah, yeah. Any, any gronk, any gronk down the street. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we so we flew home after vacation uh, in New Jersey. And then we get to California, and I'm driving past MedMen, which is a shop that you guys went to, a very yeah. popular weed shop. It's like the Apple store yeah. of pot. We'll and do drive- our live read for MedMen in <laughs> yeah. one moment. <laughs> and you drive past, I drove past it, a line wrapped around the block like crazy. And I think that that was like kind of people's initial, like, it's it's yeah. legal now, so everybody's really into it and wants uh-huh, to go yeah. and try it and get weed and like have the experience of it. But I think that for most people that don't smoke mm-hmm. weed, um, they're not going to go out of their way to get it. It's probably still, for most people, just going to be an every once in a while thing. Yeah. I don't think it's probably turned too many people over to, like, point So when do side. you do it? Like, do you find that it's like, okay, is like, so I started, I've started drinking, and it's like a red wine on a Friday night. Is something, is it doing edibles, is it like a Sunday thing? I feel like it's similar to what you're explaining, but correct me if you you disagree. I feel like it's a wellness moment. Uh Like it's your green juice. Okay, sure. But but not in the morning. But on the morning, you might have it like anywhere else, maybe on the weekend. Is this just the CBD or is this the, like, have you done the THC, which is like the the bit that makes you all funny? It's the DMT, I think, actually. (laughs) (laughs) No, we... uh, ABC. We, I mean, I don't smoke a whole lot. I think it's like whether you like doing it or not, and the, the difficult thing about marijuana is that you build up a tolerance to it. So I have, like, smoked frequently in the past. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you're smoking every day or maybe, like, three to five times a week, you build up a tolerance. But also, like, it's more enjoyable because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. used to it. But mm. then, like, if you don't smoke much at all, and I if I smoke, like, once every other month, you just get stoned. Yeah, yeah. And you stoned. can't handle it. And yeah. it's not a great experience. So it's not good? I don't love it. I don't, love it. I don't smoke much yeah. anymore. Yeah, be, do it consistent, consistently. It has a different feeling. Yeah. Do it every now and yeah. then. You get too baked. I prefer alcohol. I prefer, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's less intense. So what last about night, it's more we, casual. We yeah. had some gummies, and these things look like little squares, and we only took half, which was five mm-hmm. milligrams. Because yeah. you were the little. experienced one, you felt that you uh, <laughs> needed to sort of be across the whole situation. Well, I was looking after my babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have my boys. You need you need one responsible person in the room. But the, yeah, that yeah. one shouldn't also drugs. be high, right? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they say, actually, uh, I was doing yeah. some reading, it was like the experienced one. Like there yeah. should always be someone who's done it before so they get Wait, what the feeling you is. You need to know you how did they're some reading? feeling. You like prepared for this evening? I read for my boys. <laughs> what to expect when you're expecting to be high. No, but so what, what you're explaining is like you don't, like there's something about the first time you do it and you're entering into this unusual world that you've never experienced these kind of feelings before, right? And so that can scare you. Like people can get fucking scared shitless from I wasn't that. scared though, was no, I? No, I know. When your kid turns like 16 or 18, will, would you let them smoke weed and or would you do it with them? 
Uh, I don't know yet. See, I smoke too early. Weed with my mate's dad at like 12. A 13. Yeah, like, well, I would never do that. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a line. At 18, <laughs> if, it, if it's legal, maybe, maybe. There is something with the, the development of the brain, though, too, mm. where you should be at a certain age before you do. Oh, definitely. I mean, with smoke. grown men doing edibles, for, you know, yeah. for the first time for me in, in America. I've definitely yeah. passed my peak. I'm not getting any smarter, so <laughs> it's definitely not going to hurt me. <laughs> is there something about, because I've uh, I lent into it, so we were... Uh, seeing people today and I was like telling them about the experience and I was wondering is it one of those things where some people could look down at it like do you feel that is it something people hide or could you be uh, talk to your employer if you're working somewhere and could just talk about it freely so what's interesting is when I have felt like looked down on Mm. it's by other Australians who don't like haven't Mm experience the culture here that's mm-hmm. adapted very quickly to mm. embracing um, well, and I normalizing. Can, um, I can imagine. I reckon we'll look back on this and us doing it. We filmed us doing it last night. Mm-hmm. As a, like It was a weird time. Like This yeah. is still a weird thing. This is why we're so fascinated with it. Because mm. in Australia, the, the stoner mm. mentality, like that, what you're saying this well, is... They, is were, they were actually actively trying to negate that when, when the laws switched. And you mm-hmm. actually saw Mad Men, that store we were talking about before, actually putting up billboards where they cancelled out the word stoner. And they're like, it was like a really like... Boner! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got you covered! Yeah. Okay. Do they give you bonus? Uh, no, no. no. No, no, I don't think. No, so. no, no. It's like, <laughs> maybe he's just trying to put a new twist to it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it just became loner. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they, they they replaced it with like athlete or doctor, yeah. as in like they're trying oh, to yeah. like say that like people just smoke weed. And this doesn't define you. Oh, I think the police are here. That's so exciting. Do you think they, uh, oh my God, they're coming to arrest you for the visa. <laughs> oh my God. I <laughs> and so um, when it comes to actually buying marijuana what are you guys and also like from a joint like a couple experience was mm-hmm. do you remember the first time you uh did gummies or well, something we're you not know? like we're not like stoners we don't smoke a lot of weed no. so like how many times have we gone like maybe four uh-huh. four or five four or five i'm also really inexperienced like i would say like weed culture isn't very big in mm-hmm. australia but there now, is like this now, what does mum say for- what does mum say back home Oh, she probably doesn't uh, know. Hopefully I don't know if she, she knows. Yeah. I don't know. Your, your mom watches anything that <laughs> I'm in, so <laughs> she's definitely going to do this. Didn't the ACT just make this? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that turns. But the, yeah, in in like the MedMen store, like there, I remember you get you got very excited about the one wall because it's all like the different creative, like not the iPad oh, stuff, yeah. but it's like different creative like drops and yeah. all these gummies. There's like a hundred different It felt like I was in like an apothecary. Like it was like, oh, this is so like... Like, yeah. all this stuff is marketed in a way that yeah. feels and it's like so stress relief. And yeah. They've done a good branding so job. Yeah. Like, yeah. they've really On done top of well, it. Well, yeah. the, oh, the guy who was looking after us, he was like, now you need to set your own scene. Yeah, you're set in con- your scene. Set your scene. You're like, you're in control yeah. and all that sort of thing. And so, like, in the video of us, I was looking at it last night. I was like, I think I've set the wrong scene. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just, like, a bit, like, fucking not feeling it. I need but, to reset. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the way, the way it played out last night... For people following along, because we put up some Instagram stories and people are very curious to know uh-huh. what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had it, and within 30 minutes, I was laughing my ass <laughs> off. Josh, on the other hand, stiffened up like a like a wooden board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I was just yeah, I was just arms crossed because I was like, okay, arms they're crossed. they're high. Why aren't I high? But there was a there was a funny moment where I sort of. Uh, 
where Mr. 97 was like, no, you are high. Yeah, you, you are high. And then I was like, oh, I got really excited. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I am. I am different. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, and then I, and so then I started getting like a bit paranoid that you were so transfixed on not being where we were that mm. that was your high. I was like, you're so in that. Mm. It's like I was just transfixed on laughing. And then I got transfixed on you being so down about not being yeah. where did, we did were. Did that pull you out of your own oh, dude, high? Because then you're like, oh, it's all mode. my fault. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it. I don't think Josh is the right one for me to get high with. To be Agreed. honest, Do you because have, because I put. I reckon I pulled him out yeah. and he pulled uh, me out, yeah. and so I'm just like worried that Josh is like, he's actually losing. Yeah, it's <laughs> a terrible it, time. it all ended in a fight where <laughs> Tommy hid the gummies, and I got very upset about it. I went to bed. <laughs> And then I got into FaceTime. I told Bree that I'm just, I'm actually fucking angry. Is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Mr. 97 was going into bed too. And then I was just like, man, this just doesn't feel fair. And I, was, I felt like a bit sooky. And so I was like, oh, no, you're definitely 97, sooky. like, you need to tell, like, Tommy that this isn't fair. And so I'm in bed, and then I hear this on the floorboards walking, and yeah. then Mr. 97 opens the door. What did and he's he like, say? He's like, man. Josh is really upset. <laughs> he said, he wants more. And I said, hang on, just before, I said, dude, don't you see that the fact he's so upset about not being where we are You're creating is a story. the reason why he's actually really high? <laughs> and then Mr. 97 was like, oh, dude. <laughs> it's like, I was so convinced of it, and then I convinced yeah. him of that, and he's like, oh, dude. That is so mind-blowing, because why? if you were sober, you just say, hey, dude, I'm not high. Yeah, I'm fucking going to bed. That's, that's what I felt like I was doing. But the other thing I was, the other thing I was trying was I was like, Tommy was sort of, it felt like Tommy was like, nah, man, you're resisting, you're resisting. So then I was like uh. being silly on purpose to try and put me in that state. So the guys were like, yeah, if you weren't high, why did you put a box, like a LaCroix box on your head? I was like, I was trying to, to make fair, you guys You were trying to do selfies are. with Mason and kiss him. Yeah. And just I was like, like, dude, there's a line and Josh usually comes to here uh-huh. and then there's all these little things. And that's why it's like, it's not always the same for everybody, uh-huh. the feeling. I, I can't mean, believe you guys are 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back now to episode 426 with author and go-to founder Zoe Foster-Blake. Uh, this is such an awesome chat. They talk about copywriting, business, branding, writing books. Um, but we pick it up here where they're talking about her relatable content that she puts out. So, this is number 426 with Zoe Foster-Blake. My wife's <laughs> comment about your content, because I asked her, she's not just coming to me. She says it's very... very she, she, it's it's a content meeting about Zoe. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. It's a, a pre-show catch-up. Yeah. She says it's very relatable. And I think that, from what it sounds like, comes from you thinking about what is going on in your head and personally. Mm. And that's our best shot at relating with somebody else is mm. talking about what's going on. For us, one of the most relatable pieces of content on your Instagram is your bit about cold sores. Oh, me? Yeah, I know. I I grew up. I've got no problem with being the cold sore queen. Oh, my. I tell you who's the cold sore king. Michael Jacket, my brother. Oh, Jacko. Oh, my God. I didn't know. Should see the family photo album. It's nearly every photo the kid's got a cold sore. Oh, God. And I I got them and I just, 
and this is so unrelatable for you, Josh, because you don't, don't get that. He thinks no, no, no. it's It's just this. You know the people that just do that to Perfect me with cold sores? Bastard. Oh, you're disgusting. So, un- so discriminatory. It's it, horrible. It is. But we can't help it. It's, it's full on. Like I getting once got like a little pimple that I thought no, was a cold mate. sore. Oh, you <laughs> know when people think they're getting a cold sore and they're like, oh, you'd know. Trust the thing me. in the corner of the mouth? No, you just That's just your low in. Yeah. Well, that's why I started having orange juice. Do you know what you need to put on that, by the way? Because I was putting other things on it. You need to put a bit of cortisone. Cortisol cream on there. On the corner. Because I was like, oh, yeah, because you've got like a, you're eating bad food yeah. and you've got a yeah. deficiency. Or unleaded petrol, I believe, helps. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 cold tips. But growing up, I remember it was such a, such a, I, I remember I wouldn't go to school because no. of cold sore. It's funny. It and then social the, death. It was the worst. As I've got gotten older, I, I almost embrace them if I get them. I'm like, whatever. I'm, I'm human. He kisses me on the lips. That's too far. Mum used to kiss me on the lips because she knew that it would make me feel better. She's like, it's okay, darling, a little peck on the lips. I mean, so then that was yeah, a very relatable piece. That's very sweet. But, um, of oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah, they, they, they plagued my whole high school career and, and I had one for the Logies a few years ago, which oh, no. was sort of my worst nightmare, that or a wedding day. Um, and as most people know, now that we've talked about it, we're bound to get one. Yeah, you know, <laughs> is that how it works? Yeah, well, but yeah. I know what works because I, yeah. unfortunately, I live and I work in an industry where I'm not allowed to have a bad skin day. Mm. And people often, if they meet me, they're like, oh, I did my makeup extra nice today. And I'm like, no, uh, you look beautiful, but I know that you're scrutinising me because I'm the one who's going in there going, hey, everyone, let's have great skin. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I was just like, I, I don't have time for cold sores. I have to find mm. a fix. And I do believe that I have. And I put it in highlights because everyone keeps asking about it. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> Which the, is so gross. So the, fi- the fix being the um, Famvia tablets. Yeah, take the antiviral tablets ASAP. Like I always have them on me and then the Compede patches. Yeah. Don't take them off. Yeah. Just for shower. Put them straight back on. Sorry, unreliable. No, this is, so, um, this, is, this, this is great. I'm so sorry content. to gross you out like this. <laughs> this is very it good. is. People will want to no, know. No, 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 they <laughs> do. Yeah. They absolutely do. The... Um, <laughs> Um, you were talking about the scrutiny of people looking at your face or whatever. <laughs> it's not scrutiny. Sorry, <laughs> scrutiny is too strong a word. But you know, I think that's the that's what's that's going to what happen said. if you put yourself. I did say that. <laughs> no, no, I did no, say no. that. No, for me to have said. Okay, yeah, but no, if you're no. going to put yourself out there and tell people what to do about with their lives yeah, and their sure. skin in their face, then yeah. It's I mean, the personal trainer, you know. That, that yeah, yeah, exactly. You look to the yeah. or the hairdresser. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. hairdresser. Yeah. I mean, my hairdresser is bald. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, he's yeah, just gone. I'm yeah, not dealing with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does take the pressure off, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, there is something about. Is there anything in life that you typically uh, undersell and over deliver on? Like real, like you know, it's a specific question. But I know when I was a a kid as a freelancer, I was the hype king being like, mate, I'll have it to you Monday. And then <laughs> Thursday I'm like, I fucked up. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, are you good with deadlines in that way? Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, to, to write a book um, you have to be good at deadlines, although, I mean, the, the stereotype is that we're not. And um, I'm, I'm one of those people who can have per, uh, internal deadlines that I can stick to um, and I've, Actually, for the first time in my life in, in ten over ten years, I've gone off contract um, with my books, and I did that deliberately because I wanted to write fiction again for the joy of it and and the love of it, with no no marketing schedule mm. in mind. Is that <laughs> an upholder? Is that does that make? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I am. Mm-hmm. What's nice. what's the value there? So <laughs> that you hold. <laughs> personally? Does anyone know what that means? Yeah. No, yeah. no. It's upholder. the um the, the four tendencies by um uh, Gretchen Rubin. Is yeah. it Gretchen Rubin? Yeah. But I think it's like one of those things of I'm a... 
obligation. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, the one yeah, that yeah. like will do do stuff. I'll say yes, and then I'll get really annoyed about it, and I'll push back on it. But then I'll do it anyway. Yeah, but I'll right. be annoyed. I think that's called resentment. <laughs> Definitely a little bit of that. Too. So what? So if so for me, I think it's um, like I don't like to say anything that I won't do, and so and then yeah, I feel that's like good. that's a good thing to yeah, be. It is, it is. But but what I realise in a business partnership is that's not Josh's value necessarily. We've all got our own set of yeah, values, of right? And so it's like a partner. I pick I my battles. Yeah. Right. You know? He can hear you. It's just there. <laughs> what, what's, a, what's a value that you hold true to you, yourself, Zoe? Um, I, I just think if you're going to do it, do, do, do it well. Mm-hmm. Do your best. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a, a, a hell no policy. So if okay. it's a – and let's – sorry, a hell yes policy. So with my management, we get a lot of lovely opportunities in office and I'm pretty much like – and it, I can't remember who it was. I think it was on – Derek time. Sivers yes. talks about it, yeah, yeah from the, CD Baby. Well, him, yeah. yes, but then there's the seven – uh-huh. So it's it was on another podcast, God knows which one, but they said, you know, think of this project out of a one to ten, but you're not allowed to use seven on how much you want to do oh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you, if you're an eight, it's a yes. If you're a six, it's a no. Um, I like that. Yeah. I think Tim Ferriss talks about it. It's one of those but ones. But it's not where, his thing, yeah, but he yeah, talks yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. It's from someone else. It's one of those, um, yeah, it, it is a. It's Kevin Klein. It's a, like yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's a very clever way of um, distinguishing like, yeah, the bullshit radar yeah. on things. And it's your own bullshit radar. But I've got since I've had children and I've got a business, I'm like, I just don't have spare time. So the mm-hmm. projects have to be pretty amazing to do them. Spare time and friendships and all that sort of thing. I feel like as I'm getting older, I can't tell whether it is productive or un- unproductive to become more insular or just like Yes. Like I've got this dream. You, you of, can think it's oh no, I'm just understanding myself yeah, more. Just deep work. You can, I don't you have can time write whatever, you, whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. narrative you want for it. <laughs> and so I'm trying to work it. I mean, what is that? What's your relationship with that idea? Heavy introvert and very mm-hmm. fine with that. Married to a heavy extrovert, mm-hmm. and we sometimes just have a little alignment of that because like he could work and monster week, and his idea mm-hmm. of relaxing after that would be to go out to dinner with ten people, mm-hmm. and mine would be put my soft clothes on. And have a glass of wine and sit on the couch. Um, and so I, I sometimes just go, hey, hey, you married a writer who lived by herself. Yeah, yeah. Just remember who you married because that's that's who I am. But I, I am aware that I can become quite a hermit, particularly when I'm writing and just being with the kids and the family. And so I went to an event yesterday of a friend's um, product launch, which I never, ever go to. And I always like sort of drag my feet. And then once I'm there and I get home, I made like, I got three amazing things happen. Like I was like, looking for, you know, something and, and someone had a recommendation mm. and I met a great person and I'm just like, do that shit more. Yeah. yeah. Like you have to connect sometimes and not just on Instagram, like real life people. So it's about <laughs> pushing against what is natural to you? Like, you know, yeah. is, should the introvert be oh, trying to be an extrovert? Oh, what I can be, I think that we're all mixers, but yeah, I can yeah. be very extroverted, yeah. but I just, it's but just, just how exhausting you exhausting though, yeah. I guess. Like one we, feels more comfy than the yeah. other. Well, Naturally, I, I think. You're I think, an extrovert, TJ. Yeah, I'd say, but I reckon I've started to become more since having a kid and doing... It's just called being tired. <laughs> I'm just tired <laughs> and I want to go to yeah. bed. <laughs> but I, I definitely think, ah, I don't really want to. Yeah. I'm focusing on this and I got my wife and like that that thought of getting home with my family is it's so beautiful. lovely. Yeah, 
and do that. But I, I think it's more, isn't it more how you recharge? Like that's the mm, true yeah. definition of an intro and extra. I'm not sure. But I, you can go out and have an amazing day or time, but then you've got to, like, so if I do a day of press, afterwards I'm a shell. I can't talk because mm-hmm. you've just given so much energy all day. And I think that's true of anybody. Mm. But, yeah, I think it was a good reminder yesterday to sometimes just go, just get out there. Stop being such a home person. Is it booking <laughs> it in advance that gives you the anxiety, do you think? Like if you booked it out. I hate booking yeah. in advance. I, again, I don't. It's probably Seth who's, uh-huh. who says, you know, he, you, you can't book things that far out because you do. You look at your calendar and you're like, I don't have anything on in October. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, I can do that. They get, you yeah. get to October. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're very, very busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I um, asked you about this. I think in May. So, I, like, I, I, <laughs> I did my own trick on I'm you. Busy. <laughs> and we actually saw her walking past and grabbed her <laughs> to come in. But what I'm it, much more likely oh, to yeah. say yes that oh, week. 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then far out. Yeah, it is because it's the anxiety. It's the Thinking about it beforehand that sort of builds up. Yeah. But then there's also the other thing which like there's a certain trait and probably Haim would be more likely to do it and Tommy would do it as well, which is um, just adding extra people to a dinner or something. Like, for instance, I'm like very funny with like (laughs) I did a world trip for three months with a mate and he did like that. He's like more is better. Okay. And it was like that's a nightmare. So it's like (laughs) anyone, like if you – if you have someone, uh, if you're inviting someone to to dinner or whatever, it freaks me out yeah. if all of a sudden someone else There's has, has rocked up. Mm. Yeah, I think in my heart I, I'm a rules and a routine person and that makes me nervous when I've booked a table for four and that, yeah. that can only fit four mm. and Haim's always like, don't be worried, they'll be fine, they'll just find another chair. Yeah. And I always like it at the end. Yeah. yeah. I always <laughs> enjoy it but my brain resists anything that's yeah. outside of those. So is the resisting productive in any way? No, it's a total waste of energy. <laughs> Surely there's, I want it to be productive. <laughs> no, nah, it's not, it's stupid. Yeah. So with all my worry and my parental anxiety, like it's yeah. bullshit. As soon as you have a kid, yeah. I was never an anxious person Yeah. and now I'm one of those people. Well, that, yeah, you that can't. Yeah. yeah, you can't survive if you were to be the kid. Like how much ambiguity is? Yeah, yeah, they're just running around. Next minute, you <laughs> shut over there. And oh, anyway, that's another story. I was more thinking about them falling off the plaything. <laughs> There's that breaking too. Breaking their arm. There's yeah. that too. Um, hobbies? Have you got any? And it can't be writing. And it can't be. I don't. That's not a hobby. That's absolutely not a hobby. It's work. <laughs> oh, it's but good. it's enjoyable work. Um, hobbies is such an eighties word. What? Yeah. What does that even mean? Now? Yeah, we actually like, looked it up. What hobbies meant? Yeah. It's what you do in the time outside the, your oh. spare time. So it's yeah. What are the things you do in your spare oh, time? I, yeah, well, it's just being off. It's just having no plans and mm. like on the weekend, the, our family are just pretty much at home the whole time, or together on on bikes, or you know, going to have pancakes or something. We just go in. Mm. Um, and I know that will change once the kids are doing sport and stuff like that. But we really love that stuff. And we see family and friends or whatever. But I don't like to lock in plans if I can. Mm. Um, I do a ton of reading because I think that makes you a better writer. Although it makes me jealous sometimes. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, what is that feeling? Because there's been a couple of times over the last few months where I caught myself feeling down on myself based on someone else's success. Talent, yes. Mm. And I was like, and it was so, and the thing was that I was so happy for them and it was such a reflection like, you fucking idiot, why didn't you do this or oh, that? It's too hard I mean, so how do you, I mean, how do you um, uh, reconcile those I think it's inspiring. So I remember when Ham and I saw Scott Pilgrim years ago and we both sat there just clenching the seat going, fuck, so good. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and with, a, a piece of art or a book or a TV show, like Big Mouth, when we watched that, we are just like, oh, this is so good, or Russian Doll or Euphoria, you know, an amazing TV show or whatever it is, I get inspired by that. And I think it's that so funny you don't laugh because you're just sitting there going, 
All right, this Spect. is great. This is going to make me lift my game. So I don't get down on myself. I just yeah. go, I've got a new, new standard now. Yeah. I and I, I honestly case. put myself in the most ridiculous company because I'm like, oh, geez, Tina Fey is good. <laughs> <laughs> I should be better. Yeah. And, and I, it lifts me, makes me want oh. to do better. This is from episode 296, the Three Kilometre Club. Josh had the idea of setting up three people in a three kilometre radius with walkie talkies to see if they could connect with each other. The thing is, they actually recorded the whole episode beforehand and then lost it because Josh kicked the power cord out of the, the roadcaster. So, they have, have had to re-record it and this is the result. This is number 296. It's actually a great scene for the start of a horror film where he gets taken. Anyway, yeah. that went a bit dark. Here we go. Hello, Tommy speaking. Okay. All right, Tommy, here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you do the talking to Russ, okay? Can you yeah. break it to him? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Russ. This is taking longer than I thought. <laughs> yeah, Russ. Russ, hey, mate. You there? Oh yeah, yeah. We've, we've got some pretty sad news, mate. What's happened, dude? Um, so you know that piece of gold that we created about thirty-five mm-hmm. minutes ago, where you managed to yeah. contact BK in Collingwood, and you're in the CBD on a CB radio. Yeah. Yeah. Josh actually knocked the power out, and we lost the whole entire episode. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> the disappointment's real, Russ. Uh, Josh is here right. with us, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently on the um, on the fifth floor above the Bottolo, and so he thought that the only – with the sort of motto of always one-upping every episode, we need to be able to one-up now. So the only thing I could think of is three-weighing with you and BK right now. Yeah. Uh, with me being uh, at my place above the Bottolo and you being at the Telstra building. <laughs> Are you okay? The frequency 16 yep. is very uh, – uh, there's Enjoy a lot, of, lot going on, yeah. Do you mind going to uh, number seven, please? Yeah, no worries. And then, uh, yeah, perfect. All right, great. And in the meantime – uh, yeah, uh, be on standby, and when you're ready, just give us a um, give us a radio check. No, it's okay. Great, thanks. thanks, mate. All right, catch ya. Thanks, Russ. Um, uh, Tommy. Yeah, mate. So we'll need to um, we need to tell BK to get on channel seven. Mm. There's a lot of logistics going on. Do you mind just uh, messaging him and letting him know? Yeah, I can. I can message Great, him. Thank you. Um, Great. And so, what was the date meant to be on Sunday, ninety uh, seven? I uh, was thinking like a little catch-up uh, around coffee. Okay, or hot around chocolate. Coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just, go, just go to like a, a coffee shop or something like that and get a hot chocolate. I'd get a hot chocolate anyway. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about getting a hot chocolate? That's like, fine. Yeah? Yeah. It's fine? Yeah. It's like having a sparkling water at a pub. Do you reckon? Like a soda. Yeah. I think it's okay. Yeah. Okay, I think I'm just hearing something. Um, I've asked BK, I've met, texted him and said, get on channel Josh 7. here, radio check, please. Oh, BK, beat. this signal is amazing. This is better than ever. Uh, what, what's the weather like where you are? <laughs> I'm panicking. <laughs> this is pretty poor signal on our end. The weather is... Oh. Well, 
Stay before here. Could you actually go out of the train carriage or whatever and see if you can see me above the bottle over? Yeah, you're right Oh, he's waving to you. He's waving to you, Josh. Oh, I can see him. This is fucking perfect. This is so good. This is better than what we had before, guys. And what about Russ? We need to bring him into the equation. Yeah, so could you imagine a line of sight like a internet connection? Like it's perfect. It's a bit of an in-joke and an in-conversation, guys. Yeah. Josh, one suggestion. One suggestion, Josh. Keep the conversation very limited, just short. (laughs) Russ is in. How's the weather there, Russ? Over? What is the weather like, Russ? Over? Yeah, the weather up here is fine, fellas. <laughs> BK, how are you feeling? Well, considering the dramas from this morning, all well, like, we're all like, we're all like, we're all We've done it all in between the time of 11 o'clock, like before 11 o'clock. This feels like potentially the best show we've done. Um, uh, any other thoughts, Russ, to BK, as you know, you both listened to the show. Over. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the uh, internet idea is Over. Thank you, uh, Russ. And maybe we could even, maybe you could speak to the friends at Telstra about hooking us up with uh, some fast food a bit. I'm all excited about being able to order a burger from work here. Oh, that's good. We could almost get it teleported. Now, I'm just going to quickly put uh, Tommy on speaker. Tommy, when I say go, you can can say anything to them over the thing, okay? All right, give me a second. Hang on. Are you ready, TJ? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, ready, three, two, go. Uh, Yeah, g'day, boys. could you tell Josh to return to Nest? <laughs> That's all I got. Can you repeat yourself, CK? Could you hear Tommy? Over. Nah, this is where Tommy, it, it's fast going downhill now, Josh. <laughs> let's it's all let's abort, apart. abort at the top. <laughs> Tommy, say something now. Say something now. Yep. Guys, it it has been great. Josh will be returning to Nest. Thank you. Over. Did you get that, boys? Uh, I'm very excited that uh, I'm part of this experience, guys. Uh, for uh, It's over now. From the top of the bottle, oh, my name is uh, Baby Boy. And uh, BK, if you could do your sign-off now, that'd be great. There we go. We've done it, guys. You've uh, done it. Thank you. The, the three kilometre. Well, I've done it. Thank you, coming. <laughs> you, you've done, done it. it. It's been a massive achievement for everyone. 
mainly through my logistics. Yeah. But thank you, Russ. Thank you, Telstra. Thank you, BK. And thank you, Collingwood. Yeah. Over. And w- w- is that over to us or are you still, still talking? Uh, we're done. No, we're done. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll just finish the episode with you on the rooftop via the phone. Was that more than seven minutes? Uh, dude, that's been 24 minutes. Oh, and <laughs> and um, potentially some of our worst podcasting to date. <laughs> Finish off the highlights. This is episode 455. It's Jack Post and Radio Mike from Release the Sounds performing their song Attached to String. Hey guys. Oh, are you ready, Jack? Yeah, 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 I'm ready. Hey guys, we're Release the Sounds. And yesterday we released our first single. We released this, the, our first sound, like the name of our band. That's good. Attached to string, and today we're we're doing a live acoustic version of it on the Daily Talk Show, which is this show that you're listening to. Take it away, Jack. Well said, Mike. I had a lovely evening. I walked you to your car. The next thing I know, you were leaning in, and we kissed. I never get this far I hold you close The moment lasts I touch your skin But I went to run my hand Through your hair and I noticed You were attached to string You were a puppet this whole time You were attached to string You were a puppet this whole time I think back to the meal we ate I really should have In the rafters of the restaurant She was making your arms move Making your mouth chew Making you love me Making me love you You were a puppet this whole time You were attached to string You were a puppet this whole time I don't care what they say Cause I love you You're a puppet, I'm a boy But together we are too I'll take you to the altar You say I do Together and we live down by the sea Oh, you can't go in the water But you can sit on the sand Watching me, we have a beautiful son Half puppet and half man Though the kids at school like to tease him sometimes For his puppet head and his human hands But everything else was perfect Until my dad called me one day he said, son, I'm sorry to tell you that your mother passed away. I guess you didn't know what to say, cause you didn't say a thing. I guess you didn't know what to do, cause you completely stopped moving. You were a puppet this whole time, you were attached to string. You were a puppet this whole time, you were attached to string You were a puppet this whole time
<laughs> Am I out of shot? <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs>